This is HPR episode 2441 entitled Server Basics 103. It is hosted by Klaatu and is about 30 minutes long and carries a clean flag. The summary is Firewalls and Fail to Ban. This episode of HPR is brought to you by archive.org. Support universal access to all knowledge by heading over to archive.org forward slash donate. You're listening to Hacker Public Radio. This is a an entry into my Server Basics mini series. Last time we talked about fire. Well, we talked about SSH and how to secure that and get that sort of out of the out of the firing range. And and in so doing, we touched a little bit on firewalls. And and I imagine we'll continue to touch on firewalls as we talk about other services because that's kind of part of that that pattern that I mentioned last time. There's there's a certain rhythm to this sort of thing, and the more you do it, the more you pick up on that rhythm, and thereby you make fewer mistakes. And that's really important. Is is like I know a lot of people will say practice is perfect, and, and, and in server admining, that almost seems like, well, it's not really so much practice as it is just learning the stuff and then doing it enough so that you don't forget it. And so in that, that sense, it is practice. But even if you take it out of the specifics and just kind of look at, okay, well, how do I, how do I practice this stuff? Like, what do I need to internalize? One of the things that you really need to internalize is the the rhythm of steps that you are going to take almost all the time, no matter what you're doing. And one of those steps is install a service, configure a service, restart the service, or start or restart the service. And with a possible little tacked-on thing there at the end of um, enable the service to be permanent, you know, make the service permanent. And then as a security method, the fourth step in that process is to configure the firewall to allow for that service. And and by, I guess I I would only want to say firewall, I I guess I should say security, Uh, because the security is going to, it might entail SE Linux, it might entail the firewall, uh, it might entail fail to ban. You know, it could it could be a number of different things that that um, add a little bit of protection to whatever you're trying to offer to the the wide world. And today I want to talk about fail to ban, which is kind of one of those other things that 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 you might want to that you probably want to leverage in your in your server configuration. Fail to ban is is just this beautiful log parser that looks through. Your uh, mostly your security, your your secure log, but I, it it can monitor a lot of other things too. Um, but it, it monitors that, and it and it it sees, it, it tries to pick up on IP addresses that are repeatedly being denied access. And the assumption there is that if if someone at some IP address is repeatedly trying to get into the server and is repeatedly trying to fail they're probably trying to break in. And that's not a bad assumption. It's it's actually a pretty good one. 
now you can you can um, you you can increase the the number of chances that they have or decrease the number of chances they have such that you know one failure results in a, in in being banned or 10 failures three failures whatever and and maybe that will depend on the kind of service that that you were talking about maybe maybe you want to give your developers for instance two or three tries for a successful uh SSH login, although I don't really know why. Like, why would they be logging in? Maybe if they forgot to use their special server key that you gave them, you know, and they just did a standard SSH without the dash I. Although at that point, tell them to add into their SSH config um, a rule telling, you know, when you SSH into this, use this identity file. Anyway, I'm getting I'm getting off track here. What I'm trying to say is, uh, fail to ban will ban IP addresses that continually fail to authenticate. So it's not a hard thing to set up, but you do need to be on your server. So assuming you've still got your virtual server uh, that we set up earlier, and I'm assuming also that you remember that we set up uh, the ability to SSH into it. Now remember, your SSH command needs to be directed to a specific port. You can't go to, you can't just say SSH Klaatu at IP address. You have to tell it which port to look at. So that's dash P. 22123 in this case if you've followed along with me um, of course you might have used your own port number so you would you would want to know that and if you've forgotten any of this stuff or if you've accidentally you know misconfigured something it's a virtual server you can just fire it you know you can look at the screen and 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 reverse whatever you need to reverse or 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 install a new one for that matter uh, it's not a big deal and and in real life the the equivalent to that would be going into the server room and plugging in the monitor and plugging in the keyboard and sitting there like an idiot you know doing stuff manually and everyone will look at you and think oh, they screwed something up um, because generally you don't have to do that generally you should be able to remote into the server because um, that's just how things are done and there's usually too many servers to um, make that a, a common thing I mean, it does happen. I mean, you know, sometimes you have to go and do some kind of manual manual maintenance on something. But generally speaking, especially in the, you know, the larger the server farm, the, the less frequent it is to see people dragging in a monitor and a keyboard to go do some work. So, um, yeah, you SSH into your virtual machine. There you go. So what we want to do is install fail to ban, as I said. So we'll become root, or we'll use sudo, and we'll do a yum install, fail, and then the number two, ban. And there are no matches found on my particular install of CentOS. Well, that's silly, but it's not the worst thing in the world. So failed to ban is not a part of the official repository for Red Hat or, or CentOS, and that's not actually that surprising. And this is something that's going to come up a lot, which is why I'm mentioning it on air here. This is I, I didn't do this off air, for instance. So whether you're using Red Hat or CentOS or, or SUS or Ubuntu or anything, it doesn't really matter. The, 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 the thing is that you as a desktop user are going to... You, know, you as a desktop user are used to having certain... Well, anything really at the at your back and call, and on the server distributions, you, you that's not necessarily all the time, the the case, because for a couple of reasons. One is because maybe there's a sponsoring company behind it all, that doesn't feel like, 
it can take on every single software ever written and placed into a repository as, as something that they can officially support. Meaning that if they answer the phone and you start yelling at them because fail to ban isn't banning correctly, um, they, they maybe don't want to deal with that because of reasons. They have other stuff to deal with. They have lots of other software that they're supporting. So that that's one reason. And then the other one, I think, uh, this is me surmising, uh, that, that on a server, one of the the ideas is that the the less you can install, the the fewer attack vectors there are. So it may have something to do with just kind of like, well, if we if we offer this set of you know 200 packages, and I'm I'm just making up numbers here, uh, then that's only 200 things that we have to worry about, or or that the that the user can can screw themselves over with. And if they want more, then they can go seek out more on their own, which I'm going to do right now. Yum install EPEL release. Now that's for CentOS and for Red Hat, and f uh, not yeah, just for CentOS and Red Hat, not for Fedora. And um, and that's that's a good one to um, to install. Uh, for other distributions, th there may be other, as I say, um, unofficial official repositories to install. And obviously, you kind of want to do it with a with a grain of salt because maybe maybe it's not in the official repo for a reason. But fail to ban, I feel quite quite secure with. And uh, so I've, I've just added epel release, which uh, is in the Red Hat repository or the yeah I think the Red Hat and CentOS repository. Um, so it's kind of funny that their their unofficial release package set has an installer for itself in their official package set. So uh, do a yum search fail to ban and I get on this one I get about 11 different options. I can install fail to ban all. I can install fail to ban uh, uh, firewall D for firewall D support. That sounds good. I know that we're using that. Fail to ban server uh, and then just fail to ban itself. So I'm going to I'm going to take a wild guess and say that I need to install fail to ban and fail to ban dash firewall D. Now for all I know one includes the other. I, I don't I'm not sure but um, I'm gonna install them both anyway and uh, no it looks like both might be separate entities. Um, it looks like firewall D itself pulls in something called fire uh, not firewall D fail to ban pulls in something called fail to ban sin mails fail to ban server and that's good okay so now that we've got that installed we can take a look at all of its configuration now if you didn't know anything about fail to ban and for all I know you don't the the first step that you would probably want to take is looking at its man page and if you did that you would see that its man page is um, very short and basically useless. It tells you that it's a failed van, um, that it's a package, it's a server and a client program, that it lim and it limits brute force authentication attempts. It doesn't tell you anything about how to set it up or um, how to configure this at all. So that's not useful. Um, and it doesn't even, I don't even think it references... See also fail to ban server, fail to ban client. Oh, and jail.conf. That's what it is. So it does reference that, and that's a good thing. So now if we do a mail uh, manjail.conf, we see a little bit more 
on how this thing is supposed to be configured, and that's kind of nice. So it says conf files are distributed by failed ban. It is recommended that conf files should remain unchanged to ease upgrades. If needed, customization should be provided in a lo .local file. For example, if you would like to enable the ssh-iptables-ipsetjl specified in jail.conf, create jail.local containing, and then it gives you the, the, the little code that... So it sounds like what we need to do is look at at this thing that this whole jail.conf system and it kind of tells you kind of like what files are involved i mean it says okay there's a jail.conf there's a fail to ban.conf fail to ban.d slash asterisk.conf doesn't tell you where those things are located in the in the larger greater file system now if you know anything about unix then you probably know that the most likely case or the most likely location for this would be slash etsy so if we do a slash etsy slash fail yep there it goes so there it is it's failed to ban in the slash etsy directory and sure enough in there there's this thing called jail.conf and there's paths-fedora.conf jail.d so there's a bunch of stuff in there not too sure what it all has to do with each other not sure really what i'm supposed to be looking at there but let's back up for a minute. Let's say that you didn't even you didn't know uh, enough about Unix, or you haven't done this enough to to sort of think all of a sudden, oh well, it's, the configuration files are probably in slash Etsy. I should just look there. Maybe you didn't know that. Maybe you thought, well, maybe they're in slash USR slash share or something. I don't know. So the the thing, I mean, you could obviously just go out to the internet and look and find out all this stuff. But I'm just trying to impress upon you, kind of how. Again, the, the, the rhythm of this stuff. So you've just installed fail ban. You have no idea what to do next. And 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 maybe maybe you think, well, I should just start the service. And admittedly, that wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. You could try to start it. But then what if it does start? You know, maybe if you start it, it'll fail and tell you what to do next. But then again, maybe it will start, but with completely just bogus settings that will not do anything for you. So and and maybe you think, well, Platu said install configure start. Okay, so where's the configure step? We don't know. So if you would know if you know your system well enough, then you can figure some stuff out. So I, I I'm sure that there's an equivalent yum command. I don't know what it is, so I just use rpm, and that is rpm ql. So query and list fail to ban. Now unfortunately, fail to ban isn't a real package. Remember I said that when we when I installed fail to ban, it pulled in a bunch of other stuff. It pulled in um, fail to ban dash server, fail to ban dash synmail, and then I myself installed fire uh, fail to ban dash firewall d so knowing that the fact that it contains no files doesn't surprise me but i'm gonna guess because this is how things work fail to ban dash server is the one is the package that that drives fail to ban so i'll do it in rpm dash ql dash dash query dash dash list in the long form for fail to ban dash server and sure enough in fact i'm gonna even pipe that to less because that just spit out many many screenfuls and that tells you it lists every file in that package and so sure enough the configuration files are in slash etsy and then the actual files that kind of make up the program are all in slash usr slash lib slash python blah 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 so that's how you would kind of reverse engineer what you just installed now obviously the rpm command here wouldn't apply necessarily to well it certainly wouldn't apply to ubuntu Never tried it on 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 OpenSUSE. I don't think it should work. 
but there's probably a nice zipper is a great packaging tool so it's there's probably a super easy obvious zipper command to get a list of all the installed packages so anyway we've found the place to go so we're going to go there slash etsy slash fail to ban we do a list well we saw in the man page that jail.conf was kind of the place to be but that we shouldn't edit it so let's do a cat jail.conf over to jail.local because that's what it told us to do and then we'll open up jail.local and this is a, a pretty a pretty nice file it's, it's a pretty well con uh, commented file the the tricky thing is and this this literally the first time I did this really confused me um, you know you've just made this a copy of the file and then you open up the copy and one of the first things you see is you should not modify this file and that's kind of scary and when I first saw it the first time I ever installed fail the ban maybe it wasn't the first time but you know at some point when I installed fail to ban because I think they switched to, the, to, to this file later on in its life but anyway um, it really confused me because I thought oh my gosh I'm not supposed to edit this file but it told me to make a dot local file well yes it's that's part of the old message so I just I just get rid of that part and then it says uh, provide customizations in a jail.local file that's that's this one um, or in jail.dcustomization.local. For example, to change the default ban time for all jails and to enable the ssh-ip tables jail, the following uncommented would appear in the local file. See man5jail.com uh, for details. So the, the example that they give is that they, they give uh, the default rule, this is an INI style rule, default uh, ban time equals 3600 seconds presumably and then sshd enabled true okay so that gives us a little bit of a taste of what we're in for and then if you kind of scroll through the file and kind of read the comments you get the idea that most of this is actually set to something that is sensible actually um, so if we had started this we, we might have had some success maybe so there are there's a space for ignoring ips which would be really really handy uh, for myself because I know that I'm going to be SSHing into this thing a lot and I would hate to ever be banned from this server so I'm going to just go ahead and add my IP address of my of this local computer to this file so that I've got I'm basically whitelisting myself so that's 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 done and it tells me to use a space and or comma separator okay that's always important to know what delimiters to use and then I keep scrolling down, and I'm reading stuff, and then I read about a back-end and the available options being these various things. Oh, there's System D. I know that uh, CentOS uses System D, so let's switch it from back-end auto to System D. That seems like a sensible thing to do for this. And you just, you know, kind of keep, keep reading, pretty much. And if you see something that's really, really obvious, then, um, then change it. And if there's something that you don't understand, yeah, maybe don't, maybe don't, uh, don't mess around with that one. There's a bunch of stuff, like the different actions to take in order to ban things, and yeah, so stuff that you don't understand, like I say, kind of keep away from that. But then you finally get down to the jails section, and that's that's where the real meat of this configuration is, uh, and it, it defines each, each. It, it names each jail after the service that it is monitoring. So there's an SSHD one right up here at the top. 
And it has a couple of different options on, on, on the kinds of filters that you can use and what log path you should be monitoring and what port to use and so on. What's missing though is uh, the, the important tag of enabled. And if you remember at the top of the, of the, of the file in the, in the example comment, it specifically said to set it to enabled equals true and that is not set here. So currently failed to ban. If we'd started it, it, it probably would have started. I, I don't I don't really remember. I think it would have. Um, I should have tried it, I guess. But anyway, um, but but it would have been monitoring nothing because nothing no no jail is enabled. That would have been possibly deceptive if we'd done that without configuring first because we might have just said, hey, cool, no configuration required. We can just we can start the thing and it's working. Well, no, it it would have been starting and it would have been started and not it wouldn't have done anything. So that's the SSH one, and then there's one called specifically for SSH DDoS. This jail corresponds to the standard configuration. The mail who is action sends a notification email. Eh, I think I'll skip that one for now because I don't know what that is. Uh, se Linux dash SSH. Uh, that's not really any, I don't see how that's any different from SSH. Uh, the back end, yeah, it doesn't really look that different. But I think I'm going to go ahead and enable the one labeled SS, uh, SE Linux SSH. There. And then we've got other, it's got basically a, pages and pages, or screenfuls and screenfuls rather, of, of services that it can monitor for you. And it's got a bunch of presets in there. So as you add services to your server, you'll want to come back into this jail.conf and enable the, the services that apply. And if you don't do that, then you know, you, you are, you're not taking full advantage of, of really of your log files and you're kind of leaving yourself open possibly to some interesting brute force attacks. So I'm going to save that and then so now we're assuming it's configured. I mean and you could look at other things like the fail to ban.conf probably not a bad thing to look at, but it pretty much states here that everything is pre-configured. I mean there is some there's some customization that you can do. But if you have no reason to, then then I would I would not do that. So we'll do a systemctl start fail to ban, and it doesn't give me anything back. So I guess that means yes. Hopefully you remember how to check for fail to ban. And yeah, I do a systemctl status fail to ban, and it is active and is running six seconds ago, and it gives me uh, the list of things that. Um, that that happened in the log file, so it it, it confirms that everything started. Uh, what it doesn't confirm really is that that anything is necessarily active. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna do um, f uh, se uh, I mean fail to ban dash client and this command, the fail to ban client, and you could look at the man page obviously to find out more about it, but it, it's it's got a little bit of a it, it's a it's a 
a configuration tool, I guess. So you can look at what your configuration is by or but you, your current configuration is uh, with fail to ban dash client dash d uh, space dash d, and the space dash d dumps the entire configuration to your screen. It's just probably a screen full of different rules that will be applied as needed. That's kind of the quick and dirty way. The the easier, or the not the easier, but the, the more concise way and the more focused way is to do a fail to ban dash client status, se, in this case, se Linux dash ssh, and it tells you status for the jail is se Linux dash ssh, filter currently failed to zero, total failed to zero, actions currently banned zero, total banned zero. So uh, if I, I guess I shouldn't have added my IP address so I'll, I'll undo that really quick and then restart the service. And then I'll try to uh, brute force this thing, possibly. Although I, I might not even be able to do that. Um, but we'll see. So I'm, I'm logging out of that. And now I'm going to try to log in. Oops. I'm going to log in with a fake key. So I'll say SSH port 22123 identity file foo. And so that's one... Um, oh, it actually worked. Yeah, well, right now, because we've got uh, the, the the key thing going, um, it's not going to let me, it's not going to let me fake, fake login. And, and that's fine for now. Um, if, if I had more time and if you wanted to hear me do it, I would go back and turn passwordless login on, and I would keep brute forcing it until I got banned, and then you could watch on your virtual machine as as the IP address that you were trying to log in to got added to the block rules. And now there's a timeout after, I think, what did we see in the in the thing? It said 3,600 seconds or something. Um, eventually, it will unblock the IP address because I guess there's the presumption that since IP addresses tend to change, they're dynamically assigned, so maybe a person from, you know, uh, 91.23.24.2 25 uh, will will now be a totally legit user and so after 3600 seconds or maybe it's 82,000 seconds I don't really remember um, will be unbanned and then they can come back onto our server because maybe they they belong there and and obviously you have the ability to unblock people as well through fail to ban client or through the configuration file or I think I, I, yeah I don't remember uh, through firewall D I think is where you'd have to change that but you can also do it I'm pretty sure from the um, from the from fail to ban client. Point being, fail to ban uh, is a really great little tool that detects brute force attempts. Are there ways around it? Yeah, of course. You could you could if you, if you've got a a sizable pool of IP addresses, you can brute force from different IP addresses and possibly prolong the the ban time. Or, or, or you know, delay when you are banned, but eventually fail to ban is going to pick it up, and it is going to ban IP addresses that fail more than some set number of times. And you can set that number yourself in the jail.conf as well, and then restart that service. Um, when I first start servers, when I'm first setting them up, I reduce the the failure count to one for the first like day or two of of that server's life just to get a good healthy list of stuff to stop 
brute forcing my server uh, and just just dropping those packets because it, it gets very tiresome when you're looking through logs you have to like parse through all these failed at hopefully failed att login attempts uh, so so yeah failed man is one of the the aside from obviously the SSH uh, configuration and the the firewall configuration fail to van is the next thing that I set up on a server and it, it's a little bit scary to do it because you think well if I've got all these protections up while I'm trying to configure this thing how do I know I'm not blocking myself while I'm trying to configure you know some service that's that's for some reason not working and, and there is that there's that possibility, you know, maybe you're setting up a web server and for some reason no one can, you, you can't seem to get to that, to the website that you've just set up. Why not? And then you start questioning yourself, well, gee, am I, am I blocking myself through some kind of firewall rule or something? But if you're familiar with this stuff and you know where to look and you know how to configure it, then it's not an issue. It's, it's something that it's a known factor. You know that you have the firewall up. You know how to check your firewall rules. You know that you have your fail-to-ban set up. You know how to set your fail-to-ban rules. So you can look at that stuff and rule that out. SE Linux, we haven't talked a whole lot about it, but you know that that exists, possibly, depending on what server uh, software, what OS you're running, uh, what distribution you're running. Um, so, yeah, you, 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 there, are, there are chances that you're... You're blocking yourself or or some or you're blocking a service unintentionally, but if you know the tools that that sit between you and the rest of the world, then you can check that stuff and make sure that no, that's not happening. So I I wouldn't worry too much about that. I would I would go ahead and set up the security services, get comfortable with them, and and put them to good use. Okay, I think that's probably long enough for this episode. I guess your obvious homework would be to uh, install and set up fail to ban and 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 give it a go. You know, do if you're doing this in a virtual machine especially, set up fail to ban and then create uh you know, turn on turn on passwordless uh logging in SSH or or use some other service if you want and then try to brute force your little virtual machine and and watch from your virtual machine as as your IP addresses are are banned. And again, you can do that with the uh, fail to ban dash client space status space and then the name of the rule. So whatever it is, se Linux dash SSH or just SSH, whatever you ended up using, SSH.ddos. I don't know. Try a couple of them. See what happens. It'll be pretty darn satisfying. Okay, until next time, good luck. You've been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by an HBR listener like yourself. If you ever thought of recording a podcast, then click on our contribute link to find out how easy it really is. Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club and is part of the binary revolution at binrev.com. If you have comments on today's show, please email the host directly, leave a comment on the website, or record a follow-up episode yourself. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 3.0 license.